0: Okay, well, welcome, everybody. This is
1: Ken D. Foster. I'm so glad you're part of our show today. I know we got a whole bunch of people watching us right now on Facebook Live. I know we're streaming out there. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, the show is called The Courage to Rejuvenate Your Brain and Transform Your Consciousness. So let me ask you a question. Are you sick and tired of being told what to do? You know, a friend of mine was talking about his wife telling him what to do all the time. He was sharing that he was tired of hearing this type of communication. And he said, Oh, I'm a grown man and I don't need somebody telling me what to do. Well, let me tell you this. My friend asked me for a little advice around this. And so I gave him some of my advice. First, I asked him, How is this a lot like your life? In other words, what type of reaction is showing up uh, with other family members, with people in the, uh, your uh, business, uh, people in in all areas of your life, right? And he said, well, he didn't li- usually react the same way in business or with friends, but he said, I still feel the same way. So I asked him how many times this uh, uh, was c- recurring in his life, how many times he had been doing this over the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And he said, you know, uh, it was so many times he said, I'm really sick and tired of this. You know, then we had a discussion about consciousness and what he was chronically tuning into. You know, he was tuning into thoughts that uh, it's your fault that I feel this way. Don't tell me what to do. Don't lecture me. Don't uh, make me angry. You know, this is a thought field. So what's, what's that? Well, it's a group of thoughts that come with a, a focused mind on a certain emotion. Uh, and it seems like these thoughts are actually individual, but the truth is, these thoughts are not individual. They're universal. If you had, if I put the same circumstances with a, a person in Japan, and uh, we're, we're asking what are the thoughts, the predominant thoughts that are coming in the same circumstance, you're going to see pretty much the same type of thinking going on, no matter where you are. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why that is. We're all connected, we're all divine beings, and there is, what I want to say? Uh, we are not really our minds. You know, you're not your body. You're not your mind. So what are you? Well, we're a soul and we're the observer. So we all have thoughts passing by our mind all the time. But it's the thoughts that you choose to hold in consciousness that determine what your life will be like. So how do you break a pattern, a thought pattern that uh, you don't want to really have? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge it's even there. And I believe you have to kind of understand how the mind works also. So there's three types of mind. There's conscious, subconscious, and superconscious, right? Conscious is everything you see, taste, touch, feel in the moment. Subconscious is everything you've felt, tasted, touched, experienced in the past. But what's a superconscious mind? Well, that's everything in that's in this gigantic database of consciousness. Some call it the Akashic Records. There's all kinds of names for this thing. But the truth is you can tune into it at any point in time by stilling your mind, by quieting your thoughts, and tuning into your own intuition. You know, we're having so many challenges in this world because most people, if they have any kind of intuition at all, it's undeveloped, Right. So they have a gut feeling, oh, I should maybe do this. And there's some people that are just logical thinkers. They're not having this at all, right? They're just, they're just thinking with their head, and they have not disconnected from their intuitive thoughts. So why am I telling you this? Well, I wrote a new book that is being released this week, and it's called The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Essential Wisdom to Help You Awaken Your Inner Genius. And with that book, by the way, this book has, I studied the wisdom from the East and uh, cutting edge mind-body science from the West for the last 24 years, and I finally put it into a book. took me about six years to write this book, but you're going to discover what's possible for you, uh, how to increase your courage, and uh, we'll talk about courage on another show, but Courage isn't really what you think. Most people think running into a burning building, it's something much deeper. It's going to help you change your destiny and actually live an extraordinary life. So I, I hope you'll consider looking at that book and seeing if that's something that might really help you. I developed it in such a way that 10 minutes a day you can just drip on your mind and you will start to really tune in to higher levels of frequency, higher levels of consciousness, and be able to go that way, uh, feeling that every single day in every way. On a consistent basis. How cool is that? Okay, Courage to Change. Us, Courage to Change. Us. If you order by October 31st, you're also going to receive about $900 in bonuses from me. How cool is that? All right, I want to. I'm excited. I have this amazing guest who's been sitting there uh, waiting patiently for me to introduce her. Her name is Julie Renee Doring. Uh, she is the number one brain u- rejuvenation expert. She has mapped out the human blueprint and how to work in the quantum field for both clearing and cell regeneration in her groundbreaking book, Your Divine Human Blueprint. I have it right here in studio with me. It is amazing. Um, It's uh, it's very thick, and I was talking to Julie about uh, how long it took you to write this thing. We'll get into that. Anyway, Julie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. you.
2: It's great to be here.
1: Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, can I just jump in real quick with that, that little lead I gave them? How long did it take you to write?
2: 11 weeks. Uh,
1: Now, how do you write a, how many pages is this? I'm looking right now. It's, uh, yeah, six, uh, close to 600 pages. How do you write that in 11 weeks?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the initial book was written in 11 weeks. I went to the tropics. I went to Cozumel, Cancun, uh, Puerto Vallarta. I sat on the beach uh, in a beach chair and had um, the Cabana boys bring me my lunches and my teas. And I would write uh, eight hours a day uh, right on the ocean, uh, looking out at the water and just focused in on bringing all this information. And of course, then it it took uh, quite a bit of time to edit and you know, add a few more stories in, but the uh, the book got written in eleven weeks.
1: That's amazing. Well, you know what I wanted to ask you too is um, when you wrote that book, uh, what were you searching for? Did you like have a brain injury or anything because I know you did a brain study and uh, mm-hmm. did you have trauma what 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 caused <laughs> you to want to write all about consciousness?
2: Well, my story's pretty big. I literally survived the atomic bomb testing in the Nevada desert. I had seventeen surgeries multiple cancers, I died twice. I was in a wheelchair for a year, told I would never walk without unbearable pain and canes, and that I would eventually be bed bound and die. All the predictions were of death. And at some point in my life, about 12 years ago, I said, God, I, I, I don't want this. So either you take me, and I didn't want to die, you take me or make me well. So I wanted to magically translate. <laughs> and, but from that day in the garden, um, I began my body began to regenerate and I could see in my mind's eye as in a vision uh, how my cells were regenerating and that I was rapidly growing younger and healthier and at that point I was barely it was very very difficult to walk barely walking and uh, within six months I was running 30 miles a week on a mountain trail and I was back dancing on stage with a rock and roll band
1: Wow. Okay. I, I can tell you, everybody that's listening to this is going to want to understand how this works. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a break here in a second, but uh, before I do, because I know there's people already wanting to uh, find the book. So I uh, believe you told me they can go to com forward slash, uh, well, julierene.com to get the book. Is that correct?
2: Sure. Yeah, julierene.com We're on Amazon too. We're in every country. So Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay, good. All right. Um, All right. Well, listen, I'm going to take a break. But when I come back, I want to talk about uh, using the word quantum and quantum physics. And, you know, it's kind of a buzzword out there right now. So I want to get your hit on that and how we use the quantum fields to really change our brains and heal our life. So we'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us.
3: There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and reemerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760 814 Fourteen seven six zero eight one four eighty two fourteen Villa Kalima, a place for transformation.
4: The most talented athletes in the world rely on a coach to get better, and the most successful business people do the same.
5: I have found working with Ken D. Foster to be an extraordinary experience. He helped me to expand my vision, increase profits, and showed me the way to have more fulfillment and success in my life.
4: Ken D. Foster is the coach's coach for business and life. He has been nicknamed the coach of the successful and wealthy.
5: Ken is an instrumental part of my team and the success I have generated over the past 12 months. Ken gave me the strategies to increase productivity, reduce turnover, and take my business to the next level.
4: So what's holding you back? Ken D. Foster is a master business coach with proven strategies to dramatically increase efficiency and productivity while maximizing individual development and fulfillment. Explore your possibilities. For a free consultation, log on to KenDeFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com, KenDFoster.com.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage, and now your host, Ken D. Foster.
1: Alrighty, Well, welcome back to Voices of Courage. I want to thank you for tuning into the show. If you're new to the show, uh, get ready to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. Uh, if you're enjoying the uh, great content and insights of Voices of Courage, I want to encourage you to check out one of our affiliates. It's uh, talkradio.nyc again. talkradio.nyc. York City, NYC. It's a station dedicated to empowering, uplifting, and educating listeners through a variety of uh, shows. That uh, uh, let's see what I want to say about their shows. Their shows are all about uh, business, nonprofits, consciousness, and personal development. So again, that's Talk Radio NYC for some amazing content. All righty. And I also, one last announcement. i got to welcome our newest affiliate, uh, BizTalk Radio. You can find them also on the web at biztalkradio.com. And uh, by the way, Voices of Courage is now broadcasting in 100 uh, stations around the world. Okay, Julie, welcome back uh, to this segment. Uh, we're going to be talking about the quantum field. What's going on with that?
2: Well, I think it's really uh, – people are kind of throwing it around like a buzzword, and it it is really – more specific than a buzzword. So there are two kinds of physics, there's Newtonian physics and quantum physics, and they're both defined in 1915. Um, Newtonian physics is what most people study in high school and university, and includes gravity and the apple falling from the tree, so that's Newtonian physics. Quantum physics is, for spiritual people, it defines everything as part of a field of particles vibrating, we're all part of a oneness field. And um, what we're doing with our quantum activations, the energetic technology that I've developed, is that we're rearranging how the particles in your field are vibrating so they vibrate in a better circumstance for you.
1: Wow. Okay. And um, so just uh, uh, let's talk about some of the techniques that you use in the quantum field and how you shift the brain for the better.
2: Perfect. Um, The first thing that we're doing is we're doing a a huge clear out. And we're using specific hand techniques and specific charts. So I can show you an example of a very simple hand technique, this one, uh, which is the elbow down at the waist and then the hand uh, up at shoulder level. And then the hand is, uh, the fingers are just extending down, so it's called the quantum pump. And I realize some of you are listening on radio, so hopefully that's clear. Um, But the hand is just pumping you're setting an intention with the mind and then you're moving your hand. And in a way it's very, uh, the hand movement is like prayer. You know, Jesus taught how to put your hands together and pray and uh, connect with the divine. And we're really connecting with that divine part of ourself. We're moving our hand. The hand movement allows us to get into the field of transformation. So the intention, what philosophers have known from all ages is what the mind can conceive and believe it will accomplish. So we're setting the intention, and then we're clearing. So we're first doing a big clearing chart, and then we're doing a process called cellular neogenesis, and we're working with the five aspects of the brain. We're working Uh with the stem and master cells. We're getting them to 100%.
1: Okay, yeah, that was a big word, cellular neogenesis. What is that about?
2: It's the regeneration of cells and um that's what i was just going to go into describing so the regeneration of cells so we um are working with the stem and the master cells the master cells have been with you since you were a blastocyst since you were like seven days after conception so those are the cells and they stay with you your whole life they're the cells that have the information of how the brain has developed or the heart or whatever and then the stem cells which are very intelligent cells And we're getting those, we're matching them up with the divine human blueprint to get them to one hundred percent. So that's the first step. The second step is we're doing a mirroring process with the light of cell. And you could think of the light of cell as similar to a spirit of the cell, and it allows for mirroring. If I smiled at you, and then you felt it in your body, right? You felt like oh she smiled at me and felt you felt it. That's mirroring, that's a recognition my body is communicating with your body. And it feels nice. Mirroring, We mirror those surrounding cells, so we create a lovely environment for the brain to regenerate in. And then the third uh, part of that is to um, begin a cascade of new cell growth. We're actually imagining pressing on a program in the mitochondria. The mitochondria looks like a little caterpillar or a little worm inside the cell. Um, and we, I have this kind of funny image of it being a little cartoon caterpillar, and I poke, poke its belly, and it tickles and outspurts. You know, it's laughing, and out comes a bunch of new cells. But essentially, the mitochondria is the fuel generator of the cell, and holds the programming for regeneration. So the new cells begin, and then um,
1: go ahead. I, I I love this, and what what I love about this is that you're describing creating an environment inside the brain yes, in this case. Yes. So that uh, so that we can naturally heal. And you're describing it in detail. But So the the brains can naturally heal. It's the same thing with our body, right? If you create the right, right environment, everything yes. will heal. So, yes. Okay. Well, and
2: that was what I was going to say next, was that then you have the environment to heal. So now we've done this process. It takes, at the most, about three hours. And um, then daily, you're going to do a half an hour of quantum meditation. So clear out. So like a spiritual shower from the inside out. You're going to drink... Uh, half your body weight in water uh, by four ounces every 45 minutes and just stay positive. Avoid um, That's... pain medication and alcohol, because those are things that kill brain cells. So we want to tell the brain we want it to grow.
1: Well, I love that because I know there's, uh, obviously there's a problem in the United States, if not around the world, I'm sure it is with the uh, people taking medications that are not necessarily helping them. They may be solving a, a symptom for a moment or two, but eventually this stuff tears up the brain, tears up the body. So this is a way to actually maybe get off some of your medications as you, as you learn how to use these techniques.
2: Well, you know, what's so interesting is not even that, you know, that could be, yes, that could definitely be. But also um, people find that their addictions overnight end when they have the brain regeneration, that mm. the parts of the brain that were um, Compulsed or obsessed to move into an addiction, they're shut off with the health of the brain, and then the new cell growth uh, goes on for one hundred and eighty to one hundred and ninety days, wow. as long hey, as you're just following these few steps.
1: Julie, what uh, does this work with healthy brains too? And if so, oh, what are wow. the result? What kind of results can you uh, see? Fantastic. Maybe I can write a book like this in eleven weeks if I do this. Is
2: yeah, this... yeah, that's true. Hey, hey, actually... Yeah, yeah. Actually, I started working with business people who were at the top of their game and wanted to stay at the top of the game. And maybe they're slowing down a little. Maybe they had a little bit of memory issues or they were feeling a little sluggish more often. Mm -hmm. And uh, this can just really give you a leg up. Um, I can think of, well, Jack Canfield's a nice uh, example of that. He was 70. He said he wanted to do the brain regeneration. He had promised his wife he was going to slow down and go to halftime after we did the brain regeneration work together privately for 12 weeks, he uh, doubled his load. So wow. he is uh, more has expanded his reach. So many, he said all aspects of his life got better wow. as a result of doing the brain regeneration. Wow! So he's, he was already so well respected and loved. And at 70 right. said, maybe I just have to pay attention to my body. Maybe I have to slow down. And we did the brain regeneration and the opposite happened. He could expand his reach rather than contract.
1: That's awesome. Well, Jack uh, uh, wrote the first uh, the forward to my first book, asking you will succeed. I love Jack Campfield, so it's great to hear that he's in a in a place where he's taken it to the next level. That's awesome. Um, yes. You know, I, I there are dementia is such a, a big uh, issue today in America. Um, is this something that can help with early stages of dementia?
2: Absolutely. Um, What we do uh, before we do the brain regeneration is we do a deep dive clearing on the uh, programming for dementia and so, um, and and Alzheimer's too. And um, early stages, meaning that you still are really present. I think when with Alzheimer's um, people seem to, and dementia too, they seem to not be there anymore. And when the spirit is not there anymore, it's really hard to work with the body. So um, yes, but absolutely it uh, can completely reverse uh dementia completely. Wow. so if somebody has been kind of troubled it 's been worse the last year, and um, they come in work privately with me that 's really the best way when you have something that you're you 're worried about also works with. Uh, people who are top performers have had a stroke, and now they find themselves just completely frustrated, trapped in a mind that isn't working as well. So you oh can really get things working so much better.
1: Wow, that's that's great. And uh, you know, when they, let's say somebody has a stroke or they go through a, a brain regeneration process of some type, what uh, does this help to improve the memory too? Does the memory actually, you know, with that's, the stroke, you know, that that can uh, wipe out the memory, of course.
2: No, no, back. To no, normal. no. I'm just saying that they go wow. back to normal um, okay. like uh, I worked with um, a man named Davis and yes he a very successful man he um, it took him 10 days he was couldn't speak uh, he couldn't he had to wear a diaper he couldn't walk and 10 days later he was speaking walking full control of his bowels of bladder that's um, amazing huge, huge shifts in a really short amount of time, somewhere between 10 and 45 days. And it really depends on does somebody, do the people who have gone through the trauma, do they have somebody helping them get their meditations and their water, their fresh air and you know, so that if they're on their own, it's a little bit slower because their memory is going to start, really going to see the memory improving at about the 14th day. Um, We did this uh, brain study and on memory overall, we had 200 people... They said that their memory improved 25%. These are people between 40 and 75, who, 200 people who went through. 25% increase in memory. Depression versus vibrancy, 37% increase. Wow. So we, we saw some really nice sleep improvements, 33%. That's um, amazing. Yeah, we had some really great statistics come out of a group process rather than a one-to-one process. We took a whole bunch of people through and said, how would this be if we, we did you all at once and you had this experience?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I got to take a break here. But when we come back, what I want to talk about is the overactive mind. You know, I have, I, I have friends. Uh, my mind my, my can be that way itself, where you're going from one thing to the next thing. You're just overactive, but you're not getting anything done. It's kind of the distracted mind. So I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about that. Okay, I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back, and um, we'll talk about
0: We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us.
4: If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world. Everything they do is instilled with passion. Impact and brilliance. Go to WasabiPublicity.com. That's WasabiPublicity.com to schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber. Are you feeling
5: stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? Profound questions and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit The Courage to Change That's The Courage to Change
0: We're back with Voices of Courage, and now your host, Ken D. Foster.
1: Well, hello and welcome back. This is Kendi Foster. Our show today is called The Courage to Rejuvenate Your Brain and Transform Your Consciousness. Listen, before I get back to my guest, Julie, here on uh, uh, the the rejuvenation of our brain, I want to mention, if you're a woman here in the San Diego area, there is an organization that you should pay close attention to. It's called Women's Wisdom. Uh, they've been assisting women entrepreneurs for the last uh, several decades, since 1991. So they bring in some of the top speakers in the nation. They're all women speakers. Uh, one year, they had uh, only speakers that have been on Oprah. That's That, that was the criteria that uh, if you wanted to speak at this group. So they really do help uh, entrepreneurs grow their business and life. You can find them at womenswisdom.net. Again, net, 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 net. I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to all my listeners out there, and I want to appreciate uh, you letting your friends know about the show. Uh, the show now is in 100-plus countries. Uh, we're on several networks, uh, too many to mention right now. Uh, but I would like to say one thing, give a quick shout-out to my one uh, new network. It's called Talk Radio NYC. They're a station dedicated to empowering, uplifting, and educating their listeners. Through a variety of shows hosted by New York City professionals. They talk about oh, the same topics we do consciousness, uh, nonprofits, personal development, anything that can help you take your business or your life to the next level. All right, back in studio with my guest, Julie Renee. And Julie Renee is the number one brain rejuvenation expert. We're talking about how to rejuvenate your brain. Uh, we're going to go into that place about the distracted mind, how that destructive maybe mind. How do, we, <laughs> how do we, how do we, how do we deal with that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think um, the distracted mind, I think part of the problem is the frenetic field that we're all involved with, with um, modern technology, social media, constantly checking our cell phones and um, our, our emails and our chat and our texts and everything. Um, the average teenager um, sends, 4,600 texts a month, Um, that's one text every six minutes of their waking hours, and adults can be worse than that. And so if you're in that frenetic field, um, you're going to be, your brain isn't going to be uh, working well. And so, what we, uh, what I suggest is to have a discipline and structure around when you use technology and how much you use technology. I think the other thing is to maybe bookend your day, uh, be disciplined. And I don't mean discipline in a negative way. I mean, like, use um, your focus and momentum and concentration for good. And if you're an early morning, bright and sunny person, then add the things that really need your focus and concentration in the early morning. Um, uh, I like the idea of uh, hydration so much for focus and concentration. So one of the things that's happening is millions of Americans and people all over the world are suffering from cognitive decline, not because of dementia or Alzheimer's, but because they aren't drinking enough water. And what I am suggesting is that you drink four ounces of water every 45 (laughs) minutes, because you don't have a bladder back here. Where's your bladder? It's way down there. And um, the the brain needs hydration to function. It, it needs water. And so by drinking four ounces every 45 minutes, 16 times during the day, really what you're going to do is you're going to make your own formula. Uh, so half of your body weight, uh, and then divide it up by 16 times, and then drink throughout the day every 45 minutes to an hour, you're going to be fine. If you're guzzling what what that means is maybe you've had two or three hours where you haven't hydrated your brain, your brain's going to go fuzzy. It's not going to be clear. You're going to have a hard time coming up with some good ideas or staying focused and keeping momentum up. I, I, um,
1: I've got several questions to ask you. Uh, one of which, um, so I sometimes wake up in the morning with a fuzzy brain, and I, I directly relate that usually to what I've eaten the day before. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Is that what you find for a lot of clients?
2: That could be. It, it certainly could be. I I don't uh-huh. hear I, – I hear a variety of different things. A lot of times people are saying they're kind of fuzzy afternoon, like there's a natural circadian uh-huh. dip uh, where their cycle is to be needing to actually have 10 minutes of rest. And um, honestly, I think that it's a great idea if you need to take a 10-minute nap, not need to, but it would make your brain work better do it. I yeah, it works, thing, that,
1: that definitely works for me. I know that. Um let me let me just ask you one other thing because uh, I want to get this in. I had a guest on the show, Denise Karenik, and she uh broke the um the land speed record for bicycling this year at 186 miles per hour on Bonneville Salt Flats. Wow. So she's a extreme achiever. Um I know she did some brain work, but I'm wondering how uh do super achievers will will this help super achievers get even better?
2: It will. I mean, here's
1: here's what it is. And why is that?
2: Make it as healthy as it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And then based on how you exercise it, the performance part uh, gets even better. So uh, if you come with a brain that has, you know, uh, people who are kind of sedentary and not working anymore, maybe semi-retired or retired, their uh, brain um, cells are between 10 and 14, 15%. And then business people tend to be between 15 and 28%. And then if you could think to make those cells 100% so that you were looking at not only the performance of what you had, but what you had was 100%. You see what I'm saying? I haven't tested um, athletes to see. But then you're talking about taking a very, very, very healthy brain, and then you're exercising it. And that's what I tell people, after two weeks of brain regeneration, where you've been experiencing the new cell growth, that's when you want to take on learning something new, developing new parts of the brain, because your brain is going to be incredibly receptive. You're going to have huge brain leaps, which mean leaps in every area of your life, including physical.
1: Thanks, Julie. Also, uh, you know, before I ask you my next question, because it has to do with meditation and regeneration of the brain, which I think is a whole new science that I'm really excited about. Um, I want to give people uh, how to get your whole of your new book, uh, "The Divine Human Blu- Blueprint." Um, so let's talk about that. And also, as we get into meditation, I know you're going to give away something for meditation. So the yeah. Divine Human Blueprint. I'm just going to let them know they can go to uh, your website. Uh, which is julierene.com, julie, uh, J U L I E, R E Renee, N E com, and get that. And I know you've got a, a free gift on meditation. Why don't we tell them about that and then let's dive into that meditation question because we're both we're kind of running out of time here.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, the uh, julierene.com forward slash quiet mind is the uh, meditation, and it'll talk about, you'll get a little uh, PDF information about. Uh, how brain regeneration works along with the quiet mind meditation.
1: Okay, meditation on the brain. What's going on? Is it working in the hippocampus area? I keep reading that. Then that's the exact yeah. place where Alzheimer's and all that stuff is, is attacking.
2: Yeah. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do meditation, we uh, I I do a clean out of the whole center of the head. Uh, so that means all of the brain gets cleaned out. And so we, we imagine... Uh, it being washed out, and um, a lot of times we'll also bring in gold or green rejuvenation energy. But there are a variety of different kinds of meditation. All of them are wonderful. The kind we do is guided meditation. I've, I'm a harpist also, so there's harp music playing with the meditations.
1: Wow, I love that. Okay, so we get the. <laughs> I'm going to go get that myself. So it's julienay.com. Forward slash meditation quiet, meditation?
2: Quiet mind.
1: Quiet mind. Oh, I would have messed that up. Okay. JulieRenee.com forward slash quiet mind. Yes. Okay. Um, well, you know, I'm out of time. I'd love to have you back, uh, you know, when we both great. have a little more time. Would you like to do that? I would love that. Be yeah. Let's let's have our uh, uh my I'll have my producer uh, Rob Spence uh who by the way I wanted to give a shout out today. Uh he's helped me rebuild this new studio and it's really coming out well. I couldn't have done it without you Rob. Thank you. Yay the- Rob. Yay <laughs> Rob. I know you'll listen to this. We're giving you a big shout out, dude. And um uh any final thoughts, Julie, uh before I close here this segment?
2: I I think uh, I know that I came back after dying twice. Uh, because I had a specific message, which is not you. It's never too late. And uh, I'm 62. I've just adopted. I've got a three-year-old and I'm working on another adoption. And I plan to live a very, very long time. And so if you feel like life has passed you by and it's too late, I want you to know it's never too late. You can even come back from death. And I, I just want you to know that there's hope. There's hope for you to have your magical dreams and your beautiful life that you've always imagined.
1: I love that message, and yes, there is, and that's what this show is about, and you fit right in. So thank you so much, Julie. I appreciate your, uh, your support today and coming on this show and helping people uh, awaken their inner spirit and realize there's hope to heal the brain no matter what you've been going through. Go check out Julie's site. I hope you will. It's, uh, it's worth doing if you are having any challenges with your brain. All right. We'll be right back. And when I come back, I'm going to introduce my next guest. His name is Tom. And uh, oh my gosh, my mind's blanking today. Uh, Tom Edinger. And uh, we're going to be talking about consciousness and business leadership. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us.
3: There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation.
1: Hi, this is Ken D Foster. Are you an author or would be author? If so, a few of my New York Times best-selling author friends, some of my book marketing strategist friends and I are going to be teaching you how to write, market and launch your book to bestseller status and get this, no cost to you. You're going to learn from the experts that I use their formulas and their simple steps to make your book a bestseller. So find out how to do this at us forward slash invite. CourageTochange.us forward slash invite. There are, I think we have twelve master teachers in the class right now. You're going to learn things you never knew about book marketing. I can tell you that because I've been marketing books for the last fifteen years and I've learned a whole bunch from the experts that I brought on. Hope you'll join us at courage to change.us.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Ken D. Foster. Our show today is The Courage to Rejuvenate Your Brain and Transform Your Consciousness. And before I get to my guest, because we're going to be talking about leadership and consciousness, business and consciousness, it's a big subject. Before I get to my guest, I want to let uh, those authors. Out there in the world, if you're an author, a would be author, uh, I have brought together some of my New York Times best selling author friends, some of my top book marketing strategists, and we are going to teach you how to write, market, and launch your book to best selling status. Here's the good news there's no cost to you at all. I'm doing this as part of my giveaway on my new book launch so come in learn from the experts i'm going to give you their formulas their strategies everything you need to do to really write and market your book in today's marketplace if you'd like to find out more about that just go to courage to change.us/invite that's courage to change.us/invite all righty so i'm excited hey In studio uh, with me is an amazing man. His name is Tom Edinger, and Tom is a conscious leader. He is one of Silicon Valley's top business advisors. With lessons learned from his experience as a titan of global mergers, Tom advises CEOs and nonprofit leaders on everything from global mergers and organizational change to conscious leadership, life balance, integration, and much, much more. You can learn about Tom uh, at his website, com. We're going to be mentioning that more on the show, but I want to get that in up front. Tom, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I know it was uh, fun getting here this morning. <laughs> thank you, Ken. It's great
6: uh, Great to be with you today. Yeah,
1: yeah that's great. And, um, so how's San Diego treating you other than uh, going to my other studio? <laughs> uh, it's been terrific. I, uh, I
6: yeah. arrived yesterday and uh, had a nice day in a series of meetings in uh, in La Jolla. Yes. And have enjoyed being here.
1: Yes. Okay. All right. How long are you down for? Uh, I'm here for a couple of days, then
6: on to uh, Los
1: Angeles. Okay. And uh, I guess you got
6: business up in L.A.? Uh, I do. Okay, good.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about your path because – Going from uh, and you, you know, being this titan of mergers and acquisitions into conscious leadership, how did you get there?
6: Sure. Um, I was a, a partner in a management consulting firm. Uh-huh. Um, we were an extremely successful firm in our industry. Uh-huh. Um, I joined the firm in the late 80s. And spent 17 years there, and over that time period we grew a firm from 2000 to just over 25,000 people, became a multi-billion dollar firm leader in our industry. Mm-hmm. Working primarily with, uh, with Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, my clients were, uh, folks like HP, I helped them with their acquisition and post-merger integration of Compact, Chevron when they acquired Texaco, doing all that post-merger integration uh-huh. work. Mm-hmm. Royal Bank of Scotland acquiring uh, NatWest mm-hmm. and doing a uh, all the post-merger integration work there. Wow! So doing very large work on uh, on a global scale. Uh-huh. Um, and when you think about businesses, organizations, they have strategies, they have a mission, a vision, and where they're trying to go. They've got all the various stakeholders. But fundamentally, uh, what makes them succeed or fail is the people in the organization. You can't be an organization. You can't be successful without uh, people. They Implement or execute on that strategy. And the, the work I was doing with my clients was essentially helping them figure out what is their people strategy? How many do we have? How do we deploy them? What do we do with them? How do we engage them? How do we move them through the organization? Mm-hmm. And that was the work I was doing. I did that, as I said, for uh, 17 years. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, uh, a profound experience of getting very, very ill.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And I spent four years bedridden, a year and a half of that attached to an IV pole. Uh, Couldn't function, no short-term memory, lost by eyesight, pretty much on uh, multiple times throughout the day. Uh, Went completely blind, Uh, no cognitive ability, and uh, after four years of trying a whole host of different things, I finally was able to get myself back on my feet. I re-entered the world of living and committed my life to really doing three things. One was to make the world a better place. The second was to uh, work with leaders that I admired, I respected, I trusted. And the third was to um, be able to bring all of my experience, not only from my professional experience, but this four-year journey I had of of re-entering life uh, and bringing that to and teaching leaders how to be more effective while also I'm very curious. I wanted to continue to learn and grow as a human being. and So those three became my filter for how I was going to spend my life. Mm -hmm. Conscious leadership was the common denominator. That's the
1: awesome. Well, I was reading one of your articles last night. Uh, the article was using power and influence wisely. And uh, in that article, you talked about uh, basically using the intellect, uh, but really tuning into something broader, which is the uh, full spe- spectrum of our intuition and uh, helping people to understand there's an ecosystem in the mind. Uh, and actually, it's a mind-body-spirit uh, connection. Um, so I, I wish I had time to just go deep into how you got there. But now that you're there, how do you teach others to get there?
6: Uh, I do it through a, a variety of things. The first is the, the first critical piece is awareness. Mm-hmm. So most employers, when they're hiring somebody, they're they're hiring them either for the brawn or what's between their ears, their brain. Right. And most. Leaders, most individuals, have come into their work environment thinking the only thing that matters, the only thing that's valuable to their employer is is their brain. And so that's our orientation. So the first thing I I help leaders with is to understand, yes, that's an effective and important tool, but it's only one piece of the mind. Mm -hmm. We have our heart where resides our emotional intelligence. And we also have our gut. I mean, we, we talk about gut instinct or feelings or whatever, mm-hmm. but our, our intuition resides in our gut. And we know anatomically through the vagus nervous system that those three are connected. And so the journey I take leaders on is from their brain to their heart to, the, to mm-hmm. their gut mm-hmm. and allow them to, to formally transform or transition the way they orient towards showing up in the world. So starting with relying on their intuition first, using their brain to process and be a tool, a resource to their intuition, and then have those two meet in the heart and express themselves from the heart.
1: Well, I'm using my intuition right now, and I want to tune into how to create safe workplaces so that we, so that others can really tune into their intuition and, and be vulnerable and be able to express themselves in a way that they're not going to be chastised, put down, uh, penalized in some way. Um, you know, people are all learning and growing and developing in these environments. I think we all knew we were souls. We treat each other differently. So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you create that safe workplace?
6: Um, I I do it from a couple of different perspectives. So starting with the leadership team or the CEO in in particular, Mm -hmm. starting there by helping them recognize and become more self-aware of how they're showing up in the world, how they're showing up in the workplace, Mm -hmm. how they're impacting those around them. Mm -hmm. And it's it starts with them recognizing that when they wake up in the morning, either subconsciously or consciously, they're choosing to unpack parts of themselves. They're thinking, these are parts of me I can't take to the workplace. Mm -hmm. So by the time they show up in the work environment, they're 40, 50, 60% of their whole self. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they're not creating a safe environment for those around them to show up as their whole self. So we end up with a workplace where you've got all of these people who are 40, 50, 60% of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't create trust. That doesn't create safety for anybody. Okay. So if the leader becomes more self-aware, mm-hmm. is is comfortable being in their own skin, is willing to be authentic mm-hmm. and able to be vulnerable, that creates an environment for other people to also be vulnerable.
1: You know, I, I sense that a lot of folks um, would like to be that way, but they have some... Beliefs or ways of showing up, habits and behaviors that uh, that are kind of restrict them from uh, from doing that. In other words, you know, the old leadership was you're the boss. Okay, in America, boss is kind of a dirty word today um, because of what old bosses would do. Right? Um, How do we help uh, people to be able to be vulnerable to really step into that place as a leader? um especially if you come from an old mindset i don't know, maybe those people are not not there anymore but i think they are
6: yeah I, uh, a cu- couple of uh, questions i'll ask clients in a coaching session the one question is i'll ask them what do you believe mm-hmm. and most of us never explore or evaluate what it is we actually believe what is our operating system that's driving how we're showing up in the world mm-hmm. and then this the follow-up question is why do you believe it mm-hmm. And those are two fundamental questions that go unexamined, and, examine. and mm-hmm. it's through that exploration of those two those two questions and doing a bit of an archaeological dig of our lives mm-hmm. to understand what is the operating system we're showing up and functioning in, and reprogramming that operating system. So it starts with the leaders doing that first, mm-hmm. and then for the the uh, organization from a cultural standpoint, fundamentally asking what kind of culture do we want to have. And for, for any organization, there are three things they need to look at. First, who is our leadership? Do we have the right leadership? Secondly, what is our organizational culture? And third, what are the capabilities of the organization that we have? And it, truly examining and, and being very intentional about those three dimensions of an organization are, are fundamental to creating the right kind of work environment.
1: Wow. That's great. Well, Tom, I got to take a break. And uh, when I come back, I want to talk to you about uh, a little bit about the work-life balance piece, because I know a lot of leaders out there are struggling with that. And um, so we'll be right back. I'll take a break.
0: We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us.
5: Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life transforming wisdom profound questions and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success stop wondering why your business or life isn't working the answers are available now imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams to pick up your copy of the courage to change everything visit the courage to that's the courage to
4: If you, your company, or organization is out to change the world and you need a team that produces results to take your message to the next level, Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Recognized by PR Week and Good Morning America for its innovative business practices, Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world Whether it's creating an engaging website, building a passionate social media tribe, or connecting their clients with top media influencers like Good Morning America, The New York Times, and Oprah. Everything they do is instilled with passion, impact, and brilliance. If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world, and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, go to WasabiPublicity.com. That's wasabipublicity.com. We'll schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster.
1: Okay, welcome back. This is Ken Foster. Today we're talking about the courage to rejuvenate your brain and transform your consciousness. I guess my brain needs a little rejuvenation right now. Um, I'm in studio right now with Tom Edinger, and Tom is the. Uh, uh conscious leadership expert, he is one of Silicon Valley's top business advisors, and we're talking today all about consciousness and how we can actually change our consciousness to be able to be better leaders in the uh, in work environments, um, and I, I sense our home environments and every other aspect of life. So, Tom, um all right, so let's let's just talk about that um, work life balance. Uh, how do people? Today, in today's world, this fast-paced, you're on the Internet, you've got people coming at you, you've got so much distraction. How do you create work-life balance and make it work?
6: So we, we saw the term work-life balance start creeping into our vocabulary in the last 20 years or 25 years. Yeah. And it's a term I've never liked. It's a term I don't use. And I encourage my that the leaders that I work with, I help them understand that they shouldn't use it either. Because the reality is there is no such thing as what's life balance. Mm -hmm. There's just life. Mm -hmm. And the life they're living is the life that they chose. Mm -hmm. And we have a a, a sort of an implicit agreement that happens between boards of directors and CEOs, for example, and the CEOs with their leadership team that Mm -hmm. says, we're going to pay you as much money as we can pay you to do the things that you're going to do in exchange for that, mm. you're going to give up your life and we're mm. going to own you. Mm. And you're going to be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're on call all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's an agreement that that leaders make. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice they make. And mm-hmm. it's a life that they've chosen to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, they have the opportunity to go do something else, to live their life in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that starts at the CEO level. They impose that on the people who work for them. And there's this implicit agreement that we're going to pay you what we're going to pay you. And this is what we're going to expect. And we'll give you these growth and developmental opportunities to be successful as our society defines success around money and material acquisition and consumption and all of those uh, silly notions. But that's, that's what exists. And in most organizations, they in turn will impose that on the people who work for the organization. That's right. And certainly for people at the base of the pyramid, they don't have a choice. For them, it's, it's a a situation where they're trying to meet their, you know, as Maslow uh, defined it, their their fundamental basic needs. Right. But for the, for the organizations that I work with, and particularly Mm at the leadership level, it's having them own that that was a choice they made. And then they have to define from a cultural standpoint, what kind of culture do they want in the organization? And how do they have people in the organization make the choices that they want to make and live the lives that they want to make? and recognize that the choice they made as leader is different for a whole host of reasons than what they should be imposing on the, the people who
1: work. Well, I, 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 take it sometimes too, when, when you have uh, companies that have been around for a while they you know, with that culture, there is a, a culture that maybe creates stress, creates anxiety, creates uh, depression in people. It's actually, you know, the environment is there and people walk into the environment and, you know, some people, some t- people deal with the, deal with it with depression some people deal with it with stress and anxiety some people get angry um but so really it's it at the and i love what you said it's choice once we understand we do have choice from the top we can actually change the culture and we can change the environment that must be a difficult thing to do in some organizations
6: um, um it, it is And that you know it's like fish in a bowl of water yeah they don't know what water is yeah and you know you you can I, I walk into many organizations and one of the first questions I, I ask is when's the last time you changed the water
1: okay <laughs> that's good the,
6: the employees working there have no sense of of what it is because it's just it is what they know
1: right but right
6: with with leaders in and really getting back to the question around work-life balance while They have chosen that they still need to be healthy. They still need to be functioning at a high level. And so I work with them around intention. I work with them around their spiritual health I work with them around their physical health, their psychological, emotional health to ensure that they can show up as their highest and best self. And so there's a whole host of practices that I'll help them incorporate into their life so that, um, They can be as healthy as possible. They can
1: be as productive as possible. Well, that's uh, two questions come to mind. First of all, one is uh, what are the main skill sets of a conscious leader? And I like using that term, conscious leadership. And the second question uh, that maybe to follow up with is there are a lot of people that are unhealthy in the working place, okay? I mean, we've got 50%, 60% in some states of the population that's obese and they're they're not getting any exercise, they're making poor eating choices how do you okay, let's go with skill sets first and then how do you deal with those kind of issues
6: yeah so when i when i use the term conscious leadership i'm I'm talking about a leader who is self-aware
1: mm-hmm. uh,
6: that understands how they're showing up in the workplace how they're showing up in their lives they fully own who they are their actions their behaviors their thoughts their emotions and they were and they're taking responsibility for those thoughts those actions for the way they're showing up mm-hmm. and they're understanding how they're Impacting others around them, right, and taking full responsibility for that. And
1: that's good. Now, how, what about when you have people that are kind of dysfunctional, or I don't know if dysfunctional is a word, just people showing up that aren't healthy in their working environments? How does a conscious leader deal with those folks?
6: So, for, for uh, a conscious leader, they're looking at the environment and they're saying, "How can we help our people be their highest and best selves?" So on a physical level, are we giving them the opportunity to ensure they're getting adequate sleep, they're getting adequate nutrition, adequate
1: exercise,
6: that they have some kind of contemplative practice?
1: That's great. Okay, well, listen, I'm I'm getting I'm running out of time here, so uh, I want to let everybody know again. You can uh, find all about Tom at EdingerAdvisory.com. Is there any other sites or anything you want them to go to? Uh, yeah, my website will, will, will have them. Better. Okay. Edinger, uh, e- Eddington. Ed- Eddington. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm really messing this. Eddington. E-D-D-I-N-T-O-N advisory.com. Eddington. Yes. Advisory.com. Wow. All right. Final thoughts.
6: Um, we have uh, an environment where we have opportunities for real growth for human beings, for organizations, for society. And the more conscious leadership we can get into the world, we we have an opportunity to have the kind of work environments that people are hungry
1: for. I love that. Tom, thank you for flying into San Diego. Thank you for being with me. I hope you'll come back. We can do a Zoom meeting, right, so you don't have to fly into San Diego. But I hope you'll come and, uh, and uh, grace us with your, your adventures. So, and I just appreciate you. I appreciate you doing what you're doing and, and stepping into the conscious leadership that you are to help this place get uh, be a little better place. All right, so um, I want to thank everybody for being uh, here today. All of you on Facebook, thank you for watching and listening to us, and uh, I hope you'll continue to listen and let your friends know about uh, Voices of Courage. If you know, let just let one or two people know, hey. That's going to grow our show tremendously in this next week. So, again, thank you so much for being here, and we appreciate all your questions and comments. And if you want to listen to the replays, by the way, you can see it at VoicesOfCourage.us. That's VoicesOfCourage.us.
0: Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And we're always interested in what you have to say. So follow Ken on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us. Also, you can find all of Ken's previous shows by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next time as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.